You're listening to the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a member of the Rivals Network. For the latest information, news, and stories on Marshall University athletics, check out the Running with the Herd podcast. sideline across midfield. Keaton gets a block. Here he goes. 30, 20, 10 to lead Keaton all the way. Touchdown, Thundering Herd. DeWeaver takes the snap, backs up inside the five, flushed out of the pocket. Hodge wraps him up and sacks him. Third sack of the day. Third sack of the half for Darius Hodge. Fields the football, rolls left, throws deep downfield for Gaines. He makes the catch left sideline 15 and cuts right. Xavier Gaines across the 10. Angles over the five. He's fighting for the goal line. He dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Herd, and Marshall takes the lead. The give to Knox, goes right, has the first down, breaks the tackle. Over the 10 and 5, Brendan Knox drags an owl over the goal line. He's in, touchdown, Hurd. Marshall takes the lead with 36 seconds to play. Brendan Knox on a 17-yard run, and what a run it was. Without further ado, the Running with the Herd podcast. Here we are in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, part of the Rivals Network, and we're here with Reverend Steve Harvey, team chaplain for the Marshall Thundering Herd. Rev, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Glad to help out. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, Rev, this is a big week, uh, probably the most important week of uh, Marshall University, uh, not only the athletics, but the entire university itself, the community of Huntington and everything else. Um, just talk to me a little bit about your connection to uh, the 75 and um, what your role is going to be uh, this week here coming up. Well, uh, the, the, it's a huge year because of the fact that it's the 50th anniversary of the plane crash, and the game actually itself on Saturday is it, actually on the date, November 14th. Uh, to commemorate that event. Um, my involvement is simply as a team chaplain is to uh, constantly remind these guys and educate them with, along with Coach Holiday and uh, all the rest of the coaching staff. They do a great job bringing these guys along and uh, tell them that the, the, the story starts usually in January, or excuse me, in June with uh, the arrival of new players and doctors takes them as they run out to the cemetery and then we take a second on top of the hill at the memorial out there in Spring Hill and talk about the tragedy because that's where the six guys are buried that were never identified and then it kind of goes on from that a little bit of time throughout the year and then this coming week it all starts it started actually Sunday uh, you know with the 75 on the helmet and the event that will uh, concur this week on campus the the tough part right now is we got to tell them everything and talk to them because of COVID. We're not allowed to do a whole lot. You know, we're kind of restricted. The, even the ceremony itself on Saturday is supposed to be a virtual ceremony. Families only at the fountain by invitation. So my job is just to educate and be there and let them know what's happening and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I remember talking to you last year ahead of the 75 game against Louisiana Tech. I mean, we talked about it. Uh, yeah, we talked about it um, then, and we'll talk about it now. It's just, this, you know, you talk about, um, you know, you don't lose that game. I mean, obviously, I mean, it means so much, and it means 
uh, so much to the community and it means a lot to the players. I mean, just talk a little bit about, you know, just the extra preparation and the extra attention to detail that the guys have, not only playing, but coaching and everything else, you know, as they get ready to play that game. Well, I tell you, I, I think the focus, uh, if I can use this phrase, I heard it last week, which is a great phrase. The focus is a laser focus, you know? It, it's unbelievable. It's not like every week's a big week. Every game's a big game because it's the next one. You hear that all the time. But this one has a tremendous meaning and uh, symbolism and uh, tradition behind it. And, uh, you know, I, the emphasis on this week by everybody. I mean, everybody that can come around, or is it is around this week has something to say about it and they keep that there's a helmet they put down in the hallway when the guys go out to practice. It'll be in the hall lower hallway all week. And it's sitting on a table with a black ball and it's a Marshall helmet with the seventy five on the back and that those guys tap that every day going to practice, in and out. In and out of the building. Every day. And so they take that Friday night to the hotel and then uh, Coach Gale does a great job of talking about different personalities and stories on Friday night with the team that, that uh, you know, the guys that lost their lives and their families. And and then Saturday, uh, my job really just to come along and remind them But uh, on Saturday morning before the game, this week will be quite early because the game time's at noon. And yeah. we we'll, we'll had to get up real early, and I'm an old guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> but... It's an amazing deal, and, and and I know you know this because you watch it and see it, but some really strange things happen in those, in that game every year. doesn't matter who we're playing. So I, I, I'm like Coach Price. Coach Price said it best last year. He said, we don't, win, we don't lose this game because obviously we've got a heavenly audience that nobody else has. I believe that's all in my heart, and – Last year, Louisiana Tech comes in here. They're favored. You know, they got two of the biggest players in Conference USA. Those guys all of a sudden end up suspended for a Marshall game. Now, come on. And the <laughs> centers the ball over the guy's head on the goal line. I mean, centers it over the quarterback's head on the goal line. Really? How many times that ever happened? Strange stuff, man, you know? Strange stuff um, indeed. Yeah, but it, it's amazing. I mean, it's just – I told – I told our uh, video guy, Jacob uh, Robbins, I said, Jacob, I am convinced that we could play the Steelers on this day and we'd win. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. Never, Doc Holliday's never lost this game, ever, in 11 years. Never. He has not, no. And uh, one of the things that always stands out to me rev is the fact like you said strange things happen i remember louisiana tech was uh attempting a uh, field goal and it went off of the uh, upright and it fell no good i was i was i was in the end i was uh seated in the end zone with my family and uh that's where uh that's they were uh driving towards uh the end zone where we were sitting at and uh the the uh, gentleman had attempted a field goal and it went off the uh, upright and it went no good. I'm like, that's the 75 working right there. Absolutely. It, it's strange. I remember when I remember when we went out. I think when we played at Tulsa, mm-hmm. and that was the first time Doc ever put the 75 on the helmet. And 
uh, and our guys, you know, we tried to educate them all week, and we were at Tulsa, and we had to watch the ceremony back here on, uh, uh, you know, however they do that. We did that Dan Zoom or whatever it was. I don't remember. That was years ago. But I remember Cato and Tommy Shuler just took over that game. And, and we weren't favored at Tulsa that night either and, and won that game. I mean, I, I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know. It's just an amazing – and it makes me – it makes you really uh, – when you're involved in it and you're in the middle of it, it's really an emotional thing. It is drained. By the time that game's over, everybody's so happy and, and drained emotionally and mentally, you know, and – it's just a great, great, it's a great thing. It's a sad tragedy, yeah, but to see where we are is an amazing accomplishment. It's the greatest. The, Mr. Hamrick always says this every year at the fountain. It is the greatest comeback story in the history of collegiate sports. No question. It certainly is. And I remember um, talking to uh, Keith Morehouse about uh, this for our uh, second part of the podcast. And, uh, I asked him about his connection to it, obviously, with his dad, Gene, being aboard the plane uh, that fateful day. And it seems like everybody in town, everybody that's involved with uh, the school in some capacity has some sort of connection to that day and those people. I mean, obviously, Rev, if you could put into words just how much... um, not only Marshall University football, but just the university as a whole means to the community of Huntington and how the legacy of those people is being preserved to this day. I mean, the herd's nationally ranked and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, how about that? In the 50-year anniversary of the crash, Marshall is ranked in the top 25 in football. Now, come on now. How's that happen? You know, there's a divine guide somewhere in all this. I believe that with all my heart. And everybody is attached to it. Uh, in the documentary, in one of the documentaries they present at the stadium, I don't know if you've seen it at the in the pregame, he, he says, this is our why. This is why we play. This is who we are. And that, that's why it, it carries over into the university, into education, into the, the administration, into the, the community, into the jobs around here, into the, the river cities, you know, because I'm from Ironton, Ohio, and I know exactly where I was when that event occurred. And and I, I came to Marshall the next year, the young thundering her, but my wife, that was, she, she didn't know if she's going to be my wife then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's a couple years older than me, but she was a Marshall freshman cheerleader when the plane went down and so uh, you know there's a, a really deep connection there for me with my wife and the family and now I'm the chaplain at my alma mater really I mean that there's a divine intervention in all this and when you see that bronze statue on the stadium that pictures kind of like a heavenly herd audience kind of thing man I believe that I believe that's all my heart I do and as tough as it is, and as sad as it's been, um, there is, it, Marshall has risen up from the ashes to glory. They really have. And that's the exciting part. Rev, thank you very much for joining us here today. We certainly appreciate your time, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Glad to do it, Aaron. Thank you so much. It's the anniversary. Don't ever forget. And how about this one? Go hurt. 
Aaron Coleman here in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, part of the Rivals Network. And we have a very special uh, week coming up, and uh, obviously it's the remembrance of the 50th anniversary of Southern Airways Flight 932 and the crash that took the 75 lives on board. And one of the people who is doing a really spectacular piece on it on uh, WSAZ Channel 3 in uh, the Tri-State area, of course, is sports director there, Keith Morehouse. Keith, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah. And um, obviously, uh, you being very close to the situation with your dad, Gene, aboard the plane that day. Um, talk a little bit about the piece that you did for um, WSAZ Channel 3 and uh, the piece that will be airing later on tonight. Um, just uh, for real, talk to me a little bit about um, what went into it and uh, just everything surrounding it. Okay. Uh- you know, we started talking at work back in the summer, obviously, knowing, of course, the significance of the year. Uh, Marshall, of course, was supposed to start the season down in East Carolina for a, a very special game against uh, the Pirates, and that, that's who they played that day in 1970. And so there was going to be a whole lot of, um, you know, uh, a lot of ceremonial things and memorial ceremonies surrounding that game. Of course, COVID came. And that game was canceled and probably won't be made up, to be honest with you. So, but anyway, at that time, um, you know, my boss uh, came to me and said, well, we need to do a special. And I said, yeah, that, that's fine. Um, and we were all uh, ready to go with it. And, and all I said was, if we do this, I'd like to spend the proper amount of time on it and, um, you know, the amount of detail that we need to do. And that's going to mean to travel and see some people and, and they were all they were all for it, and so they have been tremendous in saying wherever you need to go, go, whatever you need to do, do. And so that's what we did, and um, traveled to Annapolis to, to visit with Jack uh, Jack Langle, who's retired over there now, and of course he was the former athletics director at the Naval Academy. So it's a beautiful town over there. Went to Lexington to do a piece with Chad Pennington and his uh, high school football team that he just started up three years ago, and they undefeated as they head into the playoffs. Uh, Lexington Sayre is the name of his high school, but we talked about that when his son is his starting quarterback. So there's there's all that connection. Talked with Red Dawson. Of course, Red was the assistant coach who was uh, not on the plane, traveled back by car because he went on a recruiting visit and lives in a beautiful house uh, overlooking uh, uh, kind of the south part of Huntington. And, and uh, so he was gracious to open up to us. And um, beyond that, Dan D'Antoni, who has a lot of ties to the crash, um, visited with him. Uh, Bob Smith, uh, of course, longtime anchorman at uh, WSAZ and before that WOWK, and he covered the event, so I wanted to get his perspective on it that night. And um, so through those uh, those stories that we're telling and, and uh, also talking with Doc Holliday and three of the players about you know how important it is for Doc and of course, Doc every year runs the team up to the cemetery in the summer and shows them the memorial and really starts to instill in them what the program means and what the tragedy means to the program. Uh, so we, we also have a, a, a piece on them. Um, also doing some things on, on a couple of the uh, children who lost parents in the crash, John Proctor and, and Kevin Heath. And um, Steve Williams, the mayor, of course, played on the, on the Marshall football team a couple of years after the crash. So... Uh, doing all that. Also, uh, Aaron, we have procured um, some game film from that East Carolina game, and, and people have seen little bits and pieces of it. 
but with the help of uh, Steve Chapman, uh, Steve helped work on Ashes to Glory when that came out for WPBY back in uh, the early 2000s. And he was able to find the uh, radio, the entire radio broadcast that my dad did uh, that day. And so uh, Jeff Perry, a guy that's tremendously talented at at our workplace, is is syncing the audio together with those old video film clips. And we're going to show some highlights from that game that people have probably never seen before or heard before you know, in the course of that contest that they lost uh, 17 to 14 that day. So lots of things that we're doing. We also, um, and I hope I'm not rambling on you, but we also wanted to show some of the great plays in Marshall history. So, we, you know, we do that through, uh, you know, Willie Merrick's kick and Chad Pennington in 1999. And we visited with those players now and got their perspective on not only how big those plays were, uh, in the uh, Marshall football annals, but also their reflections of 50 years uh, after the crash. So all that's going to be uh, in an hour and a half version that runs later tonight at 7 o'clock, and we'll uh, make it available on our website as well. So it's been a long, long journey, but uh, I can't tell you how fulfilling and meaningful it has been to me. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you do that? Does it, does it bother you? Yeah, it's, it's hard to do. I mean, you don't see an image from any of that. Uh, or while I'm editing, that it doesn't affect you. But it's, I guess it's my way of, of kind of dealing with it by telling other people's stories. So that's, that's the satisfaction uh, that I get out of it. And, and probably a little bit of, um, I guess it um, uh, takes a little bit of the, uh, not the hurt because the memories are always there, but it, it helps me as I put my head down and grind and, and we come toward a, a really significant anniversary. Yeah, it definitely is a significant anniversary, Keith. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, the books were written about it. I mean, Red, of course, wrote a book. Uh, You know, Ashes to Glory, you know, was um, a big part of it. And, of course, the uh, We Are Marshall movie starring uh, Matthew McConaughey and Matthew Fox. Um, Just talk a little bit about um, since uh, 1970, what all has been done um, to really... Um, drive home the point that uh, Marshall did really rise um, from all that tragedy and all of those um, things that happened and uh, really have uh, made themselves a successful program now? Well, it's a great story, Aaron, about life and how you deal with adversity. And and I think that's what's been encapsulated in all these, uh, you know, all these treatments you talked about. The movie, of course, that was the the message in the movie. And we have a segment on that as well in the show. Um, But, yeah, yeah, you know, it goes back to 70 and and how devastating the event was and and just, uh, you know, ripped the soul out of Huntington and and Marshall and and the state of West Virginia and football fans in general just to see an an entire team and and its support personnel and staff and boosters uh, be lost in a single night and how you come back from that and, and, you know, the fact that Marshall played football in 1971 and and actually won their first home game back, which is the Xavier game. Uh, Of course, we all have heard the tales of that. There is no film of that that we know of that exists or we haven't seen it yet. I'd love to see that last play on on film, but um, it just shows the the arc of, of you know, how tough it is to come back. And, and if you remember, and, and for those who aren't old enough to remember, you know, Marshall didn't have a winning season until 1984. And it had been 20 years since they had a winning football season. So when they finally got that, that winning season in 84 and began to climb, and then in 87 in the national championship game, and then 90, Coach Donnan comes, and in 91 the new stadium was built, and it just, it just took off from there. And so to see the success of it, 
uh, I, I think Marshall is unique in, in that tragedy, and I hope it never happens on that scale ever, ever, ever again. I mean, it, we know it happened to Wichita State as well that year, and they lost several players, and it was a tragic event, and they eventually gave up football. But uh, it's just a, a testament to the university and the people to, to stay um, and to come back from tragedy, uh, make the program better, and then never to forget the ones we lost. I, I don't know if you've been around campus lately, but Marshall's put up these beautiful banners, and, and it's got, you know, you can put a, a, a face with a name. We've read these names for, for an eternity, and, and every banner around campus has, uh, you know, a representative of, of someone who died that night. And so you see what they look like, and, it, and it's, it's uh, one of the classiest things I think Marshall has ever done. And the fact that, you know, they've built the memorials and they continue to have the, the ceremony, uh, I, just from my standpoint, and I know that people uh, who are in my situation who lost someone that night are equally as appreciative of how much they have gone to great lengths to never forget, but to move on and improve everything. And so it's a, it's a lesson in life of uh, keep people that you love dear to you because you're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. but also uh, improve on things and, and make things better. And that's, I think that's the lesson of the Marshall tragedy. Yeah, certainly. And um, obviously um, it's one of those things where if you're affiliated with the university, if you're affiliated with Huntington at all, you you don't forget it. You, you never do. And um, it's, it's just interesting going down there, and I'll actually be down there um, that weekend um, taking part in um, – the uh, fountain ceremony, um, virtual, I mean, and uh, those uh, and those sort of things, and then attending the uh, Middle Tennessee game a little later on that day. But I mean, just seeing the emotion and seeing um, just people um, who knew somebody or people that might have um, known somebody that knew somebody. It was. It's really just goes to show you how connected that Huntington area is. And, and uh, if you try to explain that to someone there who doesn't, uh, isn't around here, they may say, "What? What do you? What do they do? They they still have a memorial 50 years later, and they may they may look at you kind of skeptically and say, why? But if you live here and you've gone through it, then you, you understand. And uh, you know the fact that you know Coach Holiday. I mean, Doc Doc's played that 75 games since uh, I think this is uh, he's seven and zero in that game. They never lose that game where they put that helmet on. And you, t- I talked to these kids that you know obviously weren't born then. But the pressure on those guys, but man, they they just you know they came out they come out every year and say there's something extra about that game. You don't have to get yourself motivated, and I, I, I see all the students on campus who come to that ceremony, and it's overwhelming. I mean, just it, the the emotions kind of wash over you because you're looking at kids who maybe have no connection except passing by that fountain every day, but they come out every every year and, and represent at that ceremony, and sometimes in the cold and sometimes in the rain and. Uh, the gesture that they make and the university uh, continues to make uh, means a lot to all of us, and, and I can't put that into words uh, as well as if you just see that ceremony on, on the 14th, and, and then we all know how important it is and, and how poignant it is. Yeah, certainly. And uh, um, when when you talk about uh, you know your dad, Gene Morehouse, who um, was the radio play-by-play uh, broadcaster for The Herd back in the day, it seemed like, I mean, and obviously, I mean, I heard the depiction of his call in the movie We Are Marshall, but it always seems like your dad just enjoyed going to work every day, and he enjoyed the people that he worked with and everything like that. Can you re- can you kind of touch on um, just what, um, you know, Marshall meant to him? Yeah, 
yeah, and, and thank you for asking. He just, uh, you know, uh, I, I was nine when it happened. So, you know, at that, that age, you know, your dad is just kind of your hero. And, and most for most kids, they continue to be your hero. And and uh, so, yeah, he had this cool job where he got to call games. And, and we came from Beckley to Huntington, and he was, uh, you know, he was instrumental in, in you know, with the Flying Eagles down there in Beckley, and, and at, back in those days, Beckley was a powerhouse in basketball. And so he's calling state championship basketball games and working at radio stations there. And then in 1968, he got the call from Marshall, and they said, hey, "You want to come up here and take take the radio job?" And he said, "Well, I'll take it under one condition." He said, "If you give me the sports information director's job and the play-by-play job." So essentially, that's Jason Courier and Steve Cotton at Marshall now combined into one. And the reason he wanted to do that, we had six kids in the family, and he said he wanted he wanted both salaries to, to make it worth his while to come up to Huntington. So when we got here in 1968, you know, Marshall was a huge basketball school. Dan D'Antoni and those guys were at Madison Square Garden. I think they finished fourth in the NIT one year, which the NIT was huge back then. And uh, so it was a basketball school, and, and football was trying to turn the corner. And, uh, yeah, he, he loved it. And, uh, you know, just listen to that. I had never heard the entire ECU game, but uh, just to listen to him again, it just brings chills to you, and it it makes you realize how much he loved the game. Uh, he loved Marshall, and just the couple of years we were here, I mean, he became entrenched, and uh, it, it always makes me sad. It makes me ha- uh, uh, very gratified, proud, and lucky uh, to have been, you know, calling Marshall's football games in a TV booth from 96 to 2004 when the herd was in its heyday i mean i never ever ever take that lightly because when he was in the booth i tell people this marshall played 18 football games before they ever won a game and in the tv games that Sonny and i did i did 19 games before marshall last lost a game so uh, the the arc of the program is kind of obvious right there and how they struggled but how basketball was king then but I, I always felt like he you know he never got to finish the job and so the work that i've been able to do since then is a little bit of a tribute i think to him and to the university and and uh he, he loved his job and you're right he had a passion about it and, and was really really good at it absolutely well keith thank you very much i certainly appreciate your time and uh you know we'll be catching up here very soon and uh you know thank you once again we appreciate it Thank you for your interest, and and enjoy the weekend, and I hope to see you around Huntington this weekend. Music credits for the intro go to Jonathan, the producer. Jonathan Walsh wrote it and produced it in conjunction with Savage Multimedia Group. Game audio is credited to Steve Cotton, Marshall University, and Learfield IMG College. Thanks for listening to the Running with the Herd podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at RWithTheHerd and also at Herd Nation. Also like us on Facebook at Running with the Herd and at Marshall Thundering Herd at Herd Nation. Thanks again and go Herd!